Escape to Ocean City, Maryland, and discover a place that just feels lighter, where every day feels like Saturday and French fries are a food group, where flip-flops are always in fashion and seafood is always in season, where the boardwalk is bustling and the beach is right outside your door, where you can rise with the tide and feel like a kid again. Ocean City, Maryland, somewhere to smile about. Book your trip at Oceocean.com. From muddy jungle paths to snowy trails to rolling sand dunes, the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder is ready to take you to some of the most phenomenal destinations on Earth. In a Pathfinder, it's more than just the arrival. The real excitement comes from the ride to get there. With seven drive modes, Pathfinder's available intelligent four-wheel drive is built for some of the most epic journeys. So chase bigger, better, more exciting adventures in the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder. Intelligent four-wheel drive cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions. This is an historic time. This is going to be a multi-year fight. Why is it taking so long to get a screening test? It is not a hoax. It is real. Something that we have never experienced before. Wash hands, wash hands, wash hands. I mean, you're the scientist. You're going to have to tell me. (laughs) Welcome, welcome to Science Rules Coronavirus Edition. I'm your host, Bill Nye, and this is the series that brings you the latest analysis and the science of this pandemic so that you'll be informed, prepared, and calm. We're all in this together, my friends, with the continuing rollout of vaccines around the world. It sure seems like we're nearing the end of the worst of it, at least when it comes to the severe cases. But just last week, a study came out looking at the plight of COVID long haulers, people experiencing something called brain fog. Could this be the beginning of a whole new phase of COVID-19, a drawn-out error of persistent symptoms. But here to help us understand this phenomenon is Dr. Igor Koralnik. He's a neurologist at Northwestern University and head of Northwestern's clinic for COVID-related neurological symptoms. Dr. Igor Koralnik, welcome to Science Rules Coronavirus Edition. May I call you Igor? Yes, Bill, you may. And thank you very much for inviting me. I'm delighted to be distancing socially with you and to all your listeners. What are the symptoms of long hauler? What what goes on with you if you're a long hauler coronavirus person? This is an excellent question. And long hauler is a term that has been chosen by patients themselves. And uh, those patients mostly had a mild COVID-19 disease at onset with the you know, transient respiratory symptoms, including some cough, sore throat, a bit of fever, maybe muscle pain that went away. And thereafter, despite the fact that they did not never develop pneumonia or were never hospitalized, they developed those lingering, persistent and debilitating symptoms that may involve the nervous system, cardiac and respiratory system, as well as gastrointestinal. So we opened in May 2020 during the lockdown, one of the first neuro-COVID clinic in the country. So where's that? At Northwestern? Yeah, at Northwestern Memorial Hospital in Chicago. Yeah. So, but people can come from the entire U.S. 
uh, in Tel Aviv if they have access to a smartphone or to a computer. And so far, we've seen more than 400 patients, including people from Illinois who come in person and people from more than 30 states who come in televisits. And so the patients that we see in our clinic come because they have neurologic problems. And we just wrote a paper about the first 100 patients who came to the clinic uh, between May and November 2020. And these and are self-selected people. They, they, you don't self- go looking for them. They come to you, right? Yes. So it's like any uh, study in a hospital setting, even if it's an outpatient setting, those people had to come and they came because they had those neurologic symptoms. And so the most frequent neurologic symptom were brain fog, which is also a term chosen by the long hauler to describe their problem with memory, attention, multitasking abilities, you know, basically abilities to function in their usual job, headache, numbness and tingling, disorder of taste, disorder of smell, muscle pain, dizziness, pain, blurred vision, and ringing the ears, which is also called tinnitus. These were the 10 most frequent neurologic symptoms that the patient coming to the clinic uh, had. In addition, Uh, Most of them had intense fatigue, and they also had some respiratory problem, cardiac problem, and GI problem, like shortness of breath. This is a mess. Yes. This is awful. This is true. But the first few you mentioned do sound like they're connected to the brain. The brain fog, right? What does brain fog mean? Um, so it's a term that is that has been chosen by patients to describe their difficulty with memory, attention, multitasking abilities, you know, able to work in their, you know, in their very demanding jobs. And they are teachers, they are physicians, they are nurses, they are business people, you know, people who are multitasking all the time, uh, who, you know, uh, oversee, you know, dozens, if not hundreds of other people working with them or for them. And they say, well, you know, I'm struggling. I I can't, you know, even keep my own schedule, let alone taking care of all those other people around me. And so we first asked them you know, uh, specific questions about their own impression of their cognition and fatigue. And there's a baseline that uh, we have for a population in the U.S. so that you know if the patient that you ask the question to uh, correspond to the average U.S. population or is better or worse, for example, right? So yeah. we have a database, right? And so we know that based on the quality of life in the domains of cognition fatigue, those patients have a worse quality of life than a demographic match U.S. population. We also did some um, cognitive tests for attention, for processing speed, for executive function, and for memory. These are standardized tests that you could take. uh, Yeah, it is called NIH Toolbox because it's been developed with the National Institute of Health. And it is an iPad or tablet-based test where people need to to, to perform those those tests. It takes 20 to 30 minutes and it's part of their clinic visit. And we've seen that some patients perform below average compared to their age, gender, and the level of education and uh, that really affects the ability to work in their usual activity. So uh, I've known people, and my mom had uh, got chemotherapy, and they report, they call it uh, brain fog. 
they report that they just don't function during after certain treatments. They just don't function in the same way. Is that is it long term? Is it I mean, what's going to happen if you've got brain fog today? Mm -hmm. That's a very good question. And patients who come to the clinic and had chemotherapy before tells me it's just the same as the brain fog that I had after chemotherapy. There you go. Yeah. Some patients who had a concussion or traumatic brain injury and also get brain fog, they tell me that's the same as the brain fog that I had after my concussion or it, it reawakened the brain fog that <laughs> or re put to sleep yeah <laughs> redozed off yeah in addition there are patients with chronic fatigue syndrome right and uh, those patients also have some side type of brain fog and there's an overlap between all those you know those manifestations so when you say chronic fatigue syndrome is this the famed epstein barr thing so there is a condition called myalgic encephalomyelitis slash chronic fatigue syndrome. Uh, There are millions of people in the world that are affected by this. And we don't know exactly what's causing it, but people have reported that it started with some sort of infectious disease. And that could be Epstein-Barr, or that could be another virus that is not identified. And, uh, you know, thereafter, they may develop those uh, chronic, this chronic fatigue syndrome and other manifestations. And some of those patients also complain of brain fog. And there is an overlap. I don't say that it's the same disease, certainly not. But there's an overlap between the chemotherapy brain fog, concussion brain fog, and chronic fatigue syndrome brain fog, as well, you know, with the COVID brain fog. I just wonder if there isn't some genetic predisposition that people have through this long hauler thing? Is there something they have in common in their DNA? So that's a very interesting question. And what we found by writing this uh, initial paper on the first 100 long haulers who came to the clinic is that 70% are women, right? And it is a self-selected population who came to the clinic, but we did we had the, the widest possible access. We did not require patients to have physician referral to come to see us. Everybody could come in televisit from all over the US and they did not require, we did not require for them to have a positive SARS-CoV-2 test, right? So despite that, 70% are women and interestingly, 16% reported autoimmune diseases before COVID. So this goes with the hypothesis that long haul syndrome is not a persistent infection of the brain by the virus, but rather a post-infectious autoimmune problem, uh, which we know occurs more frequently in women. For example, women are more likely to develop multiple sclerosis or rheumatoid arthritis or lupus than men. And so this this may be uh, a hint that um, the, this this problem is an autoimmune problem rather than a persistent infection. So along that line, I know people with uh, uh, arthritis, for example. I, I knew somebody pretty well who had lupus and so on. Do, and there are certain drugs that help those people get along. Do people with long-haul COVID also uh, respond to those same drugs? So this has not been tested yet. 
Um, and you know that uh, hydroxychloroquine, right, was touted early at the beginning of the pandemic as a possible medication, which turned out not to be the case. And hydroxychloroquine is also given to patients with, um, you know, uh, other autoimmune disease. Uh, but the patient with long, the long holders who have not been hospitalized and just have the long hold symptoms uh, I, I don't belong to the same category of patients. And so far, no specific treatment has been tried or proven effective. We treat those patients symptomatically. Those patients who have headache get different type of headache medication. We can treat fatigue with mild stimulant, which can treat pain. We can treat dizziness. There's a differential diagnosis for everything, so we need to make sure that not, they don't have some other diseases that are not COVID-related that could be treated differently. But so far, we're really at the beginning of just understanding, wrapping our head around you know, this very complex syndrome. So are there other infections, other viruses that produce these same kind of symptoms? So those patients who are laboratory negative for SARS-CoV-2 who come to my clinic, it is possible that they had been infected by a different virus, which we never know, we know what, what it is because there are so many of them. And now they have a post-viral syndrome, which looks a little bit the same, but uh, maybe caused by a different virus. You're not just talking about a mutation or a, a variant, as people are no. calling it. You're talking about a whole other virus. A whole other virus that could be the flu or other viruses. Um, and, you know, uh, there are other coronaviruses that most people have been infected by because they are the agent of the common cold. And so we just you know, don't test for them and we don't even know their specific name, but they are, they are going around the population. So what we are doing in my lab, because I'm also a physician scientist and I'm uh, long in my lab has a long experience to look for the immune response against viruses that may affect the brain over time. And we are looking in the blood of those patients, both the SARS-CoV-2 positive and the SARS-CoV-2 negative, what is their immune response against the virus that is mediated by another arm of the immune system called the T lymphocytes. So, you know, just very uh, schematically, the B lymphocytes are those that produce antibody that are like the... Um, heat-seeking missiles that go in the bloodstream to find virus and neutralize them. The T lymphocytes are more like the SWAT team that goes from door to door or cell to cell to find cells that are infected by the virus and destroy them so that they can't continue to propagate the virus. And um, we see that uh, some patients who tested laboratory negative for the virus by the nasal swab or by antibodies have a signature uh, in their T lymphocytes that uh, tells us that those cells have been exposed to the very same virus. And some, you know, it's look more like healthy control that have never been exposed to the virus. Because we think that the long COVID is also caused by a dysregulation of this immune response where the virus come goes away but has confused the immune system to think that some normal component of the brain are abnormal and need to be attacked, for example. We'll be back right after this.
Escape to Ocean City, Maryland, and discover a place that just feels lighter, where every day feels like Saturday and French fries are a food group, where flip-flops are always in fashion and seafood is always in season, where the boardwalk is bustling and the beach is right outside your door, where you can rise with the tide and feel like a kid again. Ocean City, Maryland, somewhere to smile about. Book your trip at Oceocean.com. From muddy jungle paths to snowy trails to rolling sand dunes, the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder is ready to take you to some of the most phenomenal destinations on Earth. In a Pathfinder, it's more than just the arrival. The real excitement comes from the ride to get there. With seven drive modes, Pathfinder's available intelligent four-wheel drive is built for some of the most epic journeys. So chase bigger, better, more exciting adventures in the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder. Intelligent four-wheel drive cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions. For over 130 years, McCormick has helped you make mom's lasagna to keep her secret recipe alive. Take over taco night. No matter how chaotic your day is. Conquer the bake sale. Even if you get to it last minute. And craft the perfect Sunday brunch. When it's not even Sunday. Because with McCormick by your side, it's going to be great. How common is this? So we have seen more than 400 patients so far in the clinic since May. We reported on the first 100 in the paper was just published. It is difficult to estimate exactly how many people who are infected by the virus have developed the long haul symptoms because they are not all coming to see a physician someplace, right? And we know that 80% of patients who are infected have no or minor symptoms. Um, the way to tackle this is to do population survey, phone calls or um, emails to people uh, around the community and, and, uh, and get uh, their um, uh, input, whereas they still have some, some lingering symptoms. And uh, it seems that um, this is not something uh, that is rare. We don't have the exact percentage. If it is 20 or 30%, it may vary from population to population. But it is safe to say that because so many million people have been infected in the world and the U.S., probably a couple of million people, more than a million people in the U.S. have these long-haul symptoms and maybe dozens of millions of people in the world. So it's a problem that is significant. Unfortunately, that's not going to go away. Is it possible that a coronavirus lives in your nervous system forever? So um, this is an interesting question. So far, there are a few, few studies that have been of good quality published um, in, in the world, but it's not like uh, HIV, for example, or herpes virus, where you have in herpes encephalitis overwhelming destruction of the brain by the virus. Uh, in in COVID nineteen, few there are few cells here and there that may be infected, and so we 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 think that another possibility is rather than virus infecting directly the brain, the virus may infect actually part of the brain vessels uh, uh, that that carry blood to the brain because there's a receptor for the virus called um, ACE two, and this this receptor is expressed on the lining 
of the blood vessels called the endothelial cells. So the, the lining is, of the blood vessels of brain blood vessels. Yes, but also of blood uh, uh, blood vessels going to other organs, for example, for the lung. And so if the virus can go and either cause inflammation or direct infection of the lining, the inner lining of the blood vessel, then that could cause maybe some inflammation of the blood vessel and some decrease, um, you know, regulation of how the blood gets to the brain. And that could cause some of the symptoms that uh, uh, we see in long COVID and kind of ties in the cardiac problem, the respiratory problem, the GI problem, and the neurologic problems. Do these symptoms go away? I mean, people call themselves long haulers. I mean, how long is a long haul? Six months, a year, 10 years? We don't know. So, Bill, this is a very good question. And as you remember, the first patient with uh, COVID-19 was diagnosed in December 2019, right, in Wuhan, China. So we only have 14 months experience anywhere in the world. And so what I can tell you is that we've seen that, that in, in our study, uh, we uh, saw patients who uh, had symptoms between six weeks from from onset up to nine months. And the average of uh, time from symptom onset was about five months. And we asked patients, what percent recover you think you are today? Mm -hmm. If you're 100% recovered, that means you're back to normal, right? It's compared to their pre-COVID baseline. And the average, in average, they were only 64% recovered. And so we hoped that we were going to see uh, a trend that people would be more feel more recovered with time. That is, one month after disease onset, yeah. it would be like only 10%, and then nine months, you'd be like 90%. Yeah. But in fact, that was not the case, and we could not find an association of increased recovery over time for the group. We know that every patient improves with time, but everybody goes on their own pace, really. And so some people have relapses also. And uh, at this point, I, we can't tell you uh, that long COVID is only going to be, you know, one year. Uh, it's going to be an individual uh, uh, trajectory for everybody. So people have stress in their lives, and I know stress affects uh, all sorts of things about your immune system. Do people also report the other stressors in their life, like they've lost their job, they have mortgage payments, the grocery store where they used to get their food is closed, and so they got other things they have to deal with along with this long hauler symptom. Do you guys keep track of that too? Of course. And so everybody, you and I and everybody else has been under tremendous stress, you know, during the pandemic, both medically, economically, socially, you know, because of the isolation uh, and everything that goes around with it. And so we ask our patients about their medical history uh, before COVID, and 42% said that uh, they had anxiety and depression before COVID, which is higher than what you expect in the you know, normal U.S. population, about 22%. So, so it's about twice normal. Twice normal, but uh, it may uh, suggest that there is a, maybe a neuropsychiatric vulnerability 
to develop those long COVID symptoms. But that also tells you that 58% of patients in the clinic never had anxiety and depression you know, before developing long COVID. So we should not oversimplify, but it's an, in this observational study that what, there, there was a hint that that was uh, happening. And so since then, we've been asking specific questions about anxiety and depression to our patients to try to understand better, you know, what is the chicken and the egg? Obviously, everybody <laughs> is anxious and depressed because of COVID. But if you had that before COVID, you may be more vulnerable to the long-haul symptoms. So do the long-haulers respond differently after they get vaccinated? That's a very interesting question as well. And there's some confusing data coming out also in the media. So our experience in the clinic, and we've seen more than 400 patients now, a number of them have uh, been vaccinated, is that the vaccine may bring back some of the long-haul symptoms that they had, kind of a transient worsening or, you know, a little relapse, but this is only transient and that goes away, uh, either for the first shot or the second shot if they had the, the mRNA vaccines. Uh, I've heard, and you probably have heard as well, that some people said that uh, their long-haul symptoms have been cured by the vaccine. Uh, this is not what we have observed. I don't think that people can expect, unfortunately, to be cured by, by the vaccine of their long-haul symptoms, as far as we've seen so far. So is there any connection to, for example, somebody went to elementary and junior high school, has severe Lyme disease. Is there information to be gleaned from that kind of infection? Not really directly, but maybe indirectly. So Lyme disease is caused by a bacteria called Borrelia burgdorferi. And this bacteria can infect you know, the body, but also the brain. And when it infects the, the brain or the nerves, it's called neuro-Lyme disease. It's treated with antibiotics, and some patients have some lingering problems after that. But it's, it's not, you know, a viral disease. It's, it's a different uh, problem. But the aftermath, you know, maybe a common pathway between the chronic manifestation of a viral condition that is not treated and some lingering effect of, you know, other infections of the nervous system. What about sleep? People, do they have bad sleep when they have this long haul thing? Exactly. Not only they have fatigue, and brain fog, but they also have insomnia. Some of them have insomnia. And right now, it is difficult to know what is the chicken and the egg. Do you have brain fog because you don't sleep and therefore you're fatigued? Or, you know, you uh, have fatigue, uh, but then you can't sleep uh, and, and brain fog comes on top of that. And so we're trying to tease one from the other by doing specific studies on sleep and, uh, uh, and also circadian rhythm, which indicates how people um, uh, evolve between sleep and wake. So is this virus like no other virus? There are more than 500 species of viruses, you know, that can affect human. And each one of them is a little bit different than the other. But there is no such thing that we know of that can cause all those acute, you know, and chronic neurologic manifestation. And now the National Institute of Health has called this with a different acronym. It's called Post-Acute Sequela of SARS-CoV-2 Infection, 
it's a little bit complex, PASC PASC. And so this is going to be uh, uh, lasting for a long time, unfortunately. But uh, there's hope, you know, uh, at the end of the tunnel. Uh, in a sense, we're starting to understand better what's causing it, how we can uh, mitigate the, the, the side effect, and also started to do some cognitive rehab in some patients who have brain fog. So wow. those patients who come to my clinic and, and test below average with the screening get a comprehensive uh, cognitive evaluation that tells us exactly for that patient what's what's the problem. And based on that, it could be attention, it could be multitasking, it could be memory or a mixture of both. Then they get preferred for cognitive rehab and we're starting to see already some progress. Uh, patients who said that they're really helped by, uh, by this, um, this management. Thank you, indeed. My guest today has been Dr. Igor Koralnik, the head of Northwestern Memorial Hospital's clinic for COVID-related neurological symptoms. I'm Bill Nye, and my friends, this is a pandemic. We are still all in this together, and now more than ever, science rules. Thank you, Igor. Get out there and figure this thing out so we can have the long haulers pull over and get out of the truck and enjoy a nice lunch break or whatever the metaphor would be. If you like Science Rules, and I hope you do, please take a moment to rate and review it in Apple Podcasts and on Stitcher. Helps us out and helps other people learn about the show. Helps us know what you want to hear about. So thank you. The Science Rules Coronavirus Edition is produced by Harry Huggins and Corey S. Powell. Our editor today is Tracy Samuelson, and our engineer is Luz Fleming, who also mixed this episode. Josephine Martiran is our executive producer. Special thanks to Casey Halford. And remember, at Stitcher and all around the world, science rules. Now, wait, three more things, everybody. Wear a mask, get tested, and get vaccinated as soon as you can. Stitcher. From muddy jungle paths to snowy trails to rolling sand dunes, the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder is ready to take you to some of the most phenomenal destinations on Earth. In a Pathfinder, it's more than just the arrival. The real excitement comes from the ride to get there. With seven drive modes, Pathfinder's available intelligent four-wheel drive is built for some of the most epic journeys. So chase bigger, better, more exciting adventures in the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder. Intelligent four-wheel drive cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions.